Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Big questions. How do we make gasoline prices affordable? We are very concerned. How do we put food back on the shelves? Very concerned about where we're at. How do we stop this rise of inflation? How do we secure our border? How do we make cities safe again? Questions. The American people deserve answers to these questions. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views for a Monday, Martin Luther King birthday Monday. The uh, North State Journal ran an op-ed by a man named Clarence Henderson. Now, if that name rings a bell, it probably should out of North Carolina history. Clarence Henderson was a participant in the February 1st, 1960 sit-in at a Greensboro, North Carolina, Woolworth lunch counter. This op-ed is excellent, and uh, let me just read it for you. It's not that long, written by Mr. Clarence Henderson. As we celebrate the life and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King, let us remember who he was and what he represented. He was a great civil rights leader advocating for equality. He believed that people should be judged by the content of their character rather than the color of their skin. This idea united Americans around the self-evident truths that underpin this nation, and it's the same idea that caused the emergence of the Woolworth sit-in that I participated in. Why were both of these necessary? If you look at American history with open eyes, the reason is quite obvious. When we examine the political parties in our country, it is apparent that the Democratic Party was at the forefront of racism in America. Unfortunately, a half century later, they still are. Today's Democrats want to make race a central factor in how we treat each other as Americans. They want to divide us based on our identities, not unite us around our common values. What do Democrats hope to achieve by promoting this division? It certainly isn't Dr. King's dream they strive for. Dr. King fought for equality under the law and the moral precept of judging individuals by their character and actions, not the pigment of their skin. It is no secret that today's Democrat Party and the modern woke movement that fuels them do not believe in these principles. In fact, they openly oppose them. They promote disdain for our fellow Americans based on race or religion or even on vaccination status. The language the Democrats speak today, such as critical race theory, social justice, council culture, and and equity, is used to keep the black community with the mindset that we are victims or, uh, or survivors when we are neither. We are overcomers, having overcome slavery as well as Jim Crow. They are currently using CRT as a way to exploit our educational systems to teach the black community to judge the white community by the color of their skin rather than the content of their character. They are promoting the sin of racism we fought so hard to overcome and brazenly claiming the moral high ground while doing so. This is causing a great divide in America when we should be living according to the words of Dr. King. Unless we lived, learn to live together as brothers, we will perish together as fools. This Martin Luther King Day, as we his, see his dream slipping away, being torn away, we Americans must reach deep to find the courage that Dr. King demonstrated. We must call upon this courage to revitalize his dream, the American dream, for a world in which we can live together as brothers and sisters, as Americans, a world in which we are judged by the merit 
where the principle of, of equality under the law and the God-given rights of man reigns supreme over sinister calls for equity and radical justice. In 2022, we must remember the true legacy of Dr. King and find the courage to reject any movement or government that would divide us in his name, in the name, I'm sorry, in the name of racism. Uh, That's the op-ed written by Clarence Henderson. And Mr. Henderson is on the phone with us right now. Mr. Henderson, thanks so much for joining us uh, this afternoon on News and Views. Great op-ed you wrote. Thank you so much. It's great to be on with you today. Uh, Tell us, um, as you wrote this, obviously there is a great disconnect from what we see happening in the mainstream media, what we see happening in Washington, D.C. with Democrats and Republicans, instead of really following the mantra of judging another by the content of their character, it is now elevated that it's all about the pigment of your skin. Well, it certainly is, and there's been a great transmission of misinformation, uh, especially coming out of the political arena. And we need to understand that the political arena is nothing more than a system. And if we're going to live the best lives we can live, we have to learn how to leverage that system and show the political arena that it is we the people and not they the government that decides on what kind of country we're going to live in. And so the truth needs to be spoken, not somebody's opinion. It's one thing if you say, this is my opinion, but when you say the truth, and that's what you that's what it should be. You hear people now saying my truth. There's no such thing as my truth, it's the truth. And so uh I've been on this mission mission for a long a number of years to try to get people to see how great this country is and that the fact that we're concentrating on a lot of the wrong things. The concentration should, should be on jobs, uh what drives this uh, uh uh drives America is is the uh uh, uh uh, free market capitalistic system and how we can utilize that. And once we do that, we will remain a great country because uh, I'm sure you know the history of the, of the rise and fall of the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what's happening in America right now, and too many of us don't know anything about it. So uh, I want to get out to people is that America offers the greatest opportunity there is of any country because why else would you have people dying to come here when nobody's dying to leave? So we have to look at these things from an objective point of view and see uh, and call a thing what's what and stop allowing other, others of us to, uh, people that to influence us without us uh, going and doing our own research. And once we do that, because, see, I've been on both sides of the aisle. I was a Democrat before I was a Republican, so I know about both sides. And so uh, when I began to look at the, the Republican Party, I saw how they were more apt to support um, uh, the black community based on past history than the Democratic Party is. So it was uh, an easy decision for me to make, but uh, it was a decision based on me not listening to what somebody told me but going and doing my own research. And by the way, uh, our listeners might not know, you actually helped campaign for Donald Trump when he ran back in 2016, right? I certainly did, and I'm going to tell you the reason why. Donald Trump was and is a businessman which means that he understands the free market capitalist system. If we elect any official that does not understand that system, that person may be intended to do well, but they're doing more harm than good uh, because they don't understand how how our system works. And so 
when I looked at him versus Hillary Clinton when he was running against her, mm-hmm. then it was an easy choice for me to make. And the same thing with Joe Biden. I don't have anything uh, against Joe Biden or Hillary Clinton, and I don't have any special love necessarily for Donald Trump, but I looked at who was the best candidate uh, to move America forward, and I saw him as the best candidate. Let me ask you, was was it the fact that the Democrat Party changed, or did you change, or was it a little bit of both that your, your politics, politics changed from Democrat to Republican? It was a little bit of both because at one point in time, Certainly, the Democratic Party was reasonable to a certain extent. They were willing to sit down and have conversations with people across the aisle and, and, and try to come to some kind of compromise, which would be best for the country. But now, you know, they've gone from, uh, like, with, I grew up in an era time known as Jim Crow, where you judge just by the color of our skin around the content of the character. Well, the Democratic Party right now is using that same uh, uh, situation. And it's not just about the color of one's skin. It's about if uh, your ideology, if you don't agree with what I say, then I'll counsel culture you, critical race theory, whatever it is that these monikers that they're using against the people at large. And so we're in danger right now of all of the American people to go into slavery, but this slavery will be economic slavery. Because you look at the price of gas, I mean, uh, that has to be detrimental to anybody that drives uh, in, uh, as a regular driver. And you look at the, what's happening with uh, all these other things and allowing uh, illegal aliens to come across the border. Certainly we encourage people to come to this country, but it's according to the way what the Constitution says. And so we have to look at uh, what is actually happening at this point is that uh, you have the Democrats saying, don't do as I do, do as I say do. And that, and for me, that that's a, uh, I'm an individual. And I think for myself. When when you look at where the the black community is, by the way, we're talking to Clarence Henderson. Uh, again, Mr. Henderson was one of the participants in the February first, nineteen sixty sit-in at the Greensboro Woolworth lunch counter. When when you look at the the black community today, and I've said I've been doing this program for twelve years now. I've said that the conservative movement will really begin to blossom when the black community realizes that the Democratic Party has been lying to them for many, many years. Where, where do you see that? I mean, obviously, you've changed your political views, but and, and we've talked to many others as well. Do, do you see that as a tsunami or a trickle? As, is it going in the direction of conservatism in the black community? going, uh, although it's slow, it's going more toward conservatism because uh, the uh, for conservatives in this country, the biggest advertisement and advertisement for them is the Democratic Party. Yeah. And so you have to look at it short-term versus long-term now. Who in their right hand would say defund the police? Who does it hurt the, the, the most uh, uh, is, is the black community. Exactly. Uh, what has happened to the black community uh, of course, you know where the Indian is right now. American Indian was here when we got here. Uh, they're on reservations. In mm-hmm. a lot of ways, blacks are on reservations right now. Yep. It's called Chicago, Detroit, Harlem. Uh, Great or, point. Uh, uh, yeah, and so we have to reckon with the fact of what do we do with those people in those areas. Now, if the Democratic Party is so concerned about uh, the black community, why aren't they going in? Uh, 
why isn't the government going in and, and the federal go- uh, the Democrat Party going in and doing something about that? Uh, for example, the mayor of Chicago, she wouldn't accept Donald Trump's help, but she's willing to say she's willing to accept uh, uh, Joe Biden's help. So uh, when when you're drowning, it doesn't matter who saves you as long as somebody saves you. So uh, they're saying one thing, it's just like you take the Planned Parenthood. They put those in the low-income area, uh, areas and uh, have us, uh, uh, you know, where we're no longer a, a people that's growing. Uh, uh, and it, it's, it's a sad plight for us because 73% of their about of black babies uh, are being aborted. And so uh, all of those uh, resources are, are not available because we've gotten, gotten rid of them. And um, we need to understand that we need to change the, 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 our thinking and have a, a paradigm shift and see this thing for what it really is. How old were you when you uh, were participating in the sit-in back in 1960? Eighteen. Eighteen. D- did you ever have a chance to meet uh, Dr. Martin Luther King in person? No, I certainly didn't. Uh, unfortunately, I never had the opportunity to do that. Uh, uh, what happened was is that after I participated in the civil rights movement, uh, God took me on the backside of the mountain uh, late, a little later on where I began to understand how America works because I had no idea at that particular point in time. But I was in the financial services industry for almost 30 years doing mortgage and investment and things like that. And I understand, uh, again, the economic quadrant and, and, and how that uh, people can achieve their dreams by looking at the economic quadrant. For example, if you're an employee, you get paid what they say you're worth. The self-employed, like my dad was, you get paid. Your hand, what you can do with your, your hand, but if you're a business owner, then what you look at is that uh, you can generate income by uh, owning a business, put the system in place, just like McDonald's did, like uh, Ray Kroc did, and then you right. can become an investor, which perhaps could pay you more money than owning your own business. So I've done a deep study on how this country works, and uh, one of the biggest challenges we have right now is uh, money is a game that everybody plays, but most people lose the game because they don't understand the rules. Right. What would Martin Luther King say today to the Democrats up in D.C.? If he had a chance to sit down, uh, just this weekend, just this weekend, Maxine Waters went after her fellow Democrats and basically called them racist because they would not over turn over the filibuster. If, Don, if Dr. Martin Luther King was alive today and could have a sit-down with somebody like Maxine Waters, what do you think he would say? He would talk with her about the American opportunity, equality instead of equity. Unfortunately, we have within the Democratic Party, those that are being used, uh, for example, a lot of the, the, the uh, black elected officials, they come into the black neighborhood and promise help but don't give any help. So... The same thing that Dr. King talked about at that particular point in time, and it's how I have a dream that we should learn to live together as brothers as opposed to perishing together as food. He said he had a dream about his uh, children being able to play uh, with white kids and black kids and all that. Well, so yeah. I had the opportunity to do that when I was growing up because I lived, I don't know how familiar you are with uh, um, uh, North Greensboro, but I lived mm-hmm. over in, at one point in time in the area near UNCG. And then it, it uh, was about bus back in the black neighborhood. So it, 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 at uh, lunchtime, I played with black kids. But in the evening, I was only white kids that would come to my house and we'd play together. And I learned then that uh, racism, people not born, they, they're indoctrinated into it. And so if we would learn uh, how we can 
uh, do this thing together. How how can we go out and fight wars and do all those things together and come back here and battle against each other? Uh, and so Dr. Yeah. King would say that all we're looking for is the opportunity. Right. What is the ultimate answer for America and the problems she faces? The ultimate answer for America is to stop allowing people to use racism, that Marxist system, uh, to the detriment of the public at large, and look at things on an individual situation. Look at the, uh, the history of America for what it is, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and stop trying to promote uh, write the history of America uh, when it doesn't need to be rewritten. Uh, the hope for us to go go back to uh, uh, our educational system and looking at how we can uh, change our educational system because the educational system has been hijacked and they're not teaching uh, reading, writing, and arithmetic. What they're right. teaching about uh, the wrong things. Uh, Social justice. I came up on the classical education, and it teaches you how to debate, how to sit down and discuss things on a reasonable level. We don't have that now. And so the whole ask for America is our generation coming to teach them American history, teach them to, uh, 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 about uh, civics, how to become a good citizen in this country, and how to be a, a productive citizen. And once we do that, then America will go back to being what it uh, was before and have a chance to be again, because America, American exceptionalism, and I heard you say something about it a few minutes ago, but I put it in op-ed, is that in consensus of the Declaration of Independence where the self-evident truth that we understand is ordained by God, the right to life, living, and pursuit of happiness, no matter who you look like, whether you're red, white, black, white, red, or yellow. Yep. You mentioned history just a second ago, and I'm going to let you go here in a minute. I appreciate your time. But what would you say to an individual that says, we need to go in and just tear down the monuments of the past because these men— uh, what Thomas Jefferson owned a slave, and so therefore we need to just uh, de- de- demolish the Jefferson Memorial in Washington, D.C. What would you say to someone like that? I would ask them, first of all, tell me one statue that's done any harm to you. It's the people that are alive that do harm to you. Those statues are great, they are great history. Sharing with us uh, how we should not repeat the history of the past if, if the statue represents the wrong kind of history in America. I have learned so much uh, through those statues uh, just recently because one of the things I didn't know what it meant when you saw a person, uh, a soldier sitting on a horse, and he had one hoof up or two hoofs up, and it meant that, uh, you know, if all hoofs were down, he, he died a normal death if he would, but I think with one hoof up, he died in battle. Uh, I don't remember the total right, right Right, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, it made me start to look at the... And if you are a, 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 an American citizen in this country, and you don't know the history of this country, you are a citizen in name only, and you may be, for example, voting for what you think is right, but you're voting for somebody that's the wrong person. But isn't that what the liberals want, though? I mean, don't they want a confused America where they te- tear down the past and uh, so they can rebuild their Marxist future? These elitists say, don't do as I do, do as I say do. It's just like with the mask situation right now. Each person, I think, should have their own choice. But here they are espousing that you got to wear a mask. But you see so many of them in privacy whenever they don't have a mask on. And we've heard so many, much wrong information about the, the COVID situation we're living with right now. We have to come back to the fact that we can walk and chew gum at the same time. Thank uh, you. We just cannot just shut America down and leave it shut down. But the elitists 
they want to run this country, and they want to have everybody be as a slave. They want to put people in a position where that we are like uh, 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 what King George was. We are all subjects to whatever they say. Exactly. Again, the Constitution begins, we the people and not they the government. And governments are instituted uh, among men deriving their, their, their just power from the consent of the government and not the government. So the, 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 uh, we as the people have the power to determine the fortune of any elected official so long as we keep the electoral college in place. Mr. Clarence Henderson, now right now you are uh, a part of the Frederick Douglass Foundation in North Carolina, is that correct? Yes, I am the president of the Frederick Douglass Foundation for the state of North Carolina, formerly the uh, chairman of the Martin Luther King Commission for the state of North Carolina. And I sit here talking to you as a person with no birth certificate, delivered by a midwife, and they never uh, put my name on the road. How about that? Yet all these things have happened to me. Born on what society would call the wrong side of the track. But it's not where you come from, it's where you're going. It's not what's uh uh it's not what's behind you in front of you, it's what's in you. And so uh I just determined at an early age that I was gonna be the best that I could be and that's what I fought for uh during my entire life and so I guess the biggest thing you say about me is I have the courage to stand up for that which I believe in. And we had to go back and, and, and um, reclaim the courage of people uh, in our past. As a matter of fact, uh, I have a, a, a book coming out next year and a uh, movie, hopefully, coming out next year. It's going to address both of those things that help unify America. What's the name and of the I'm book? Saying, uh, we haven't named the book yet, but the movie is Forgotten Courage. Forgotten Courage. Yeah, okay. my, both my parents only had a very good education. But here's what happened is that my parents were married for 63 years, and my father worked six days a week. My mother stayed home and worked, well, she worked on, on worked a part-time job and took care of uh, me and my two brothers. And so we had uh, 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 a home, a house uh, that uh, adheres to uh, what the American dream is all about, and that is that uh, it, it's, it's based on a family unit, so we had to go back and recapture the idea of family units as opposed to single parents, whether it's uh, single dads and single mothers, because it's very difficult to take advantage of the American uh, opportunity as a single parent. Mr. Clarence Thomas, hey, listen, I want to talk to you again, especially when this movie comes out, Forgotten Courage and your new book. But thanks so much for spending some time with us this afternoon. God bless you. And uh, keep up the good work and uh, the motivational speaking. Uh, you, you really are an inspiration to uh, every American that loves this country. So keep up the good work, my friend. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Sue. Thank you. Stay with us. We'll be right back. <laughs> 